Hello everyone, welcome to Isle of a Time. It is Luke here as usual. This week Dave and I are joined by Brody Watts from Seasonal Brewing. He is the head brewer of the smallish brew pub there in WA. Uh, in Perth more specifically. We are currently looking for a guest for next episode, so uh, apologies if that one doesn't come out in the time that we've been getting them out, but uh, stay tuned. We're, we're kind of trying to work out getting back to some real-life recording, but also maybe keeping streaming as well. Uh, I think both of us would like to sit down and actually have a beer with our guests rather than doing it online, as much as we do enjoy chatting to people around the country. Anyway, that's an internal matter I'll let you enjoy this chat with Brody and we'll chat soon. I will welcome my co-host and good friend Dave Ellis. Dave, how are you going? I'm very well. Yourself, mate? I'm really good, actually. I spent the day What's playing Civilization Six on a public holiday. So you're feeling powerful, I imagine. Mm. Is that right? Feeling frantic. Fair um, enough. Who's what's 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 your go-to um, Civilization to control? Uh, I'm trying to win as Coupe, which is the the Maori Civilization, um, but it's really difficult because he starts off in the water. And you need to find land, and then it's a, it's a whole thing. Sure. It's a very stressful okay. thing. Um, <laughs> what a challenge. Yeah. Uh, we'll introduce our guest, Brody from Seasonal Brewing. Brody, how are you going? Hey, I'm, I'm good. Thanks, Luke. How are you? Uh, yeah, it sounds like you've had a pretty exciting day. So, uh. <laughs> Brody, have you played Civilization Six before? I, I have. It's um, I've, I've definitely sunk a few hours into it, um, and it's yeah, found myself losing track of the days and uh, and the days quickly become night and then back into day again um, yeah yeah <laughs> very addictive game <laughs> i started playing over christmas time and i thought i've got a bit of time over christmas i will just get it out of my system now i'll try it i've heard it's addictive <laughs> but i'm sure i can get it all done before i have to get back to work <laughs> we're hitting march and i'm watching youtube tutorials uh <laughs> oh, i see right <laughs> getting very serious um now uh dave did I ask how you were? Uh, I think so. I had a pretty short answer. I said I'm doing very well. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you have been, a beer in I your hand? A, I do, mate. I have. We've talked about it um, the last couple of shows, actually, so I thought I'd pick a bottle. Uh, I've got some uh, triple camellia. Oh. Uh, so I'm feeling good about myself, obviously. Um, had, yeah. You had, had no, you... this is my first time trying it. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of, of the style, and um, this is widely regarded as like the benchmark um, style. It's a tad sweeter than I thought. It kind of tastes a bit like it like passed through like a musket barrel or something like that. It's mm. that kind of sweetness. Um, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I've always found those, the, the beers from that brewery, Carmelite. I think, I don't know how to say it properly. Um, I don't think that's the brewery, is it? It's uh, Bastilles? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, very sweet though. I've too sweet yeah. for me. Uh, well, yeah, it's a sweet that like isn't offensive to me because I mean, as you well know, that I'm not really uh, a fan of anything that's overly sweet either. But this is kind of, I don't know, it kind of hits the profile in a way that I don't mind. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, now it is International Woman Day, Woman's Day, and we were talking 
at the start of this how much of a bad look it is that we're pretty much three interchangeable dudes. Uh, <laughs> um, I just I just didn't realise and didn't didn't plan anything. And I've got the two birds beer they've done for it, uh, which is Warrior Woman, which is a hazy pale. Uh, it's delicious. I was drinking that last night uh, on tap at Littlefoot, one of my locals here. And yeah, delicious. Really good beer. And 50 cents from every beer goes to Sister Works and Girls Rock, which are two really cool charities. Uh, I think Girls Rock is national or there's Girls Rock in different states around around the country. Uh, and then uh, Sister Works is a Melbourne-based uh, to help refugee uh, women get into business and, and sort of get a start. So yeah, two really cool things. Yeah. Uh, I'm just Absolutely. Brody, yeah. Have you got one of your beers? Yeah, it's a bit of um, uh, shameless self-promotion. Drinking a uh, sorry. That's what you're here for. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, drinking a session IPA, which we've um, we've recently can a couple of weeks ago um, with Eclipse and Azaka hops. Um, Three point eight percent. It's uh, it's a good one for drinking weeknights or any time really. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, weeknights. Uh, so keep a lid on was this your first time using Eclipse? Because we did a we did a whole show with HPA all about that. Um, I'm curious to find out yeah, what people's experiences are. Yeah, it was the it was the first time. Um, I find it it is it's really I really like the the character that it, it uh, throws and that sort of thing. It's um, lots of citrus um, and you know mandarin particularly, which I really enjoy. Um, I did find that it wasn't really as punchy as some of the other hops that I've used in terms of uh, I had to up the dry hop rate and that sort of thing compared to some of the other varieties. But, I mean, that's that's the great thing about uh, all these new hops, learning how to use them and what does, what doesn't work. And, uh, the, yeah, there's always always something new on the horizon, which is great. So, Brody, um, I don't think neither Dave nor I know too much. Dave, do you know much about seasonal brewing? No, not at all. Like I've had a look at the website today, um, and um, I went to Carwin to see if they if they had any of your beers, and they looked at me like I was speaking a different language. So um, I'm keen to hear all about it. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, Brody, what sorry. is what is seasonal? What's the kind of I guess the top line summary, and we'll go from there. I, I guess it was originally conceived from the the owner's perspective um, as a place where he can go to drink the beers that he really likes to drink. Um, and he, he's got a homebrew background and that sort of thing, and he wanted it close to home, so he he walks to work. It's a you know two or three minute walk to work, so that's uh you know ticks that box for him. Um, and yeah, basically we have a, a small core range of uh, five products, and then we've got another sort of between five and eight beers that are sort of rotating, and it's yeah basically about brewing I guess you know seasonal brews um, something something different something new for uh, yeah keep it keep it fresh and um, so we got everything from barley wines to saison and then we got a lager like it's, it's something for everyone and and hopefully people keep coming back because there's always going to be something new one for them and your head brewer uh, correct. Yeah. So I've been on from uh, from day one. Uh, we got a three hundred person capacity venue as well uh, with the brew house in the venue. So it's a yeah, classic brew pub sort of model. Um, we're about five kilometres from the CBD of Perth. Um, yeah, it's on a train line, which is great for commuting to and from. Um, and it's yes, yeah, it's, it's great 
great place to work. Uh, and yeah, we keep making better and better beers, hopefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> How did you get to uh, get, get this job? Um, so prior to here, I was, um, I'm going to mention my previous employment. I hope that's all right. I, I, I um, can't imagine we'd have any rules around that. <laughs> if you hate them, it could be an issue. But, uh, no, no, besides no, that, no. go for no, it. Don't hate them. <laughs> so I was working up at Indian Ocean Brewing, which is, um, yeah, that's in about 40 kilometers north of Perth. And, um, I'd been there for about three years and, um, yeah, basically a job went up on, uh, I think it was one of the job websites um and yeah basically i responded uh contacted nick the owner and um we we met and yeah that was that was that um that was about 12 months prior to the the opening so um yeah there's a little bit of waiting which is um you know not the it's get a little bit of anxiety and that sort of thing about how, how things are going if uh, everything's still on track and that sort of thing um but uh yeah that was that was great uh, how much there. work can you do in that sort of lead up time to um to I, I mean i i still was uh, i remained with um indian ocean for you know sort out my my period there and um and then there was yeah, there were a few delays during uh, during the um the construction and that sort of thing which i, I find they're always going to be with these sort of pretty large projects um so there was a fair bit of home brewing um uh which you know it's it's a lot more work than working on a, on a big brew kit, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so I was glad to get, uh, put those days behind me when we finally opened. But um, yeah, a lot of just following trends, research, that sort of thing, um, you know, getting systems in place so that when we did open, we were able to hit the ground running and we weren't trying to, you know, work out how we were going to track certain things. Um, we, we knew where beer was going to go. We knew where ingredients were going. We knew how we want to track everything and, uh, you know, in beer, the sort of things like stock management and, and, and tr- even raw ingredient management is, is such an important thing and being able to, and being confident that we, we knew what we were doing basically. So yeah, there was a reasonable amount to do. Um. <laughs> so you mentioned home brewing during that period. Is that how you got into brewing at Indian Ocean or? Um, no, actually I sort of, originally started at homestead um that was six years ago ish um so basically i was finishing a degree at uni in environmental biology um and at that time all the jobs in that industry had sort of shriveled up um i was just behind the bar their brewer um basically the assistant brewer there left basically said yeah i'm not coming in this is my handing my notice we need someone ASAP, that sort of thing. So, I um, was happy to fill that, um, fill, fill his shoes for for a while. And um, did you know anything I, about brewing? No, no. I, I knew that it looked cool. There's a lot of shiny stainless. Um, I was I was pretty fresh in terms of I had only just sort of gotten into into beer. Um, I, you know, you have your Epiphany beer, and that probably wasn't too long before then. And uh, yeah. It, yeah, it sort of snowballed from there. Uh, after that, um, they eventually found a, a sort of full-time replacement for the previous brewer. So I was sort of um, – I was in and out of the brewery a little bit, but not 
anywhere near as much as I'd like to have been. Um, I spent short stint working um, at Dutch Trading Company. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that. And then um, actually the, the same brewer who I sort of replaced ended up um, employing me at Indian Ocean. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was sort of my, I guess, a brief history of myself. <laughs> you, meet, you mentioned Epiphany Beer. Do you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's more more the story than the actual beer. It was um, I'd spent the day at uh, I don't know some sort of spring carnival day at the races, essentially drinking uh, warm stubbies of Carlton Dry or something disgusting like that all all day. Um, and we went to a pub or bar afterwards, and it was it was Colonial Draft. It's not anything that's um gonna be, uh, you know. It, right now, it's it's a great. Don't get me wrong; it's a it's a good beer, but it's it's not like I was drinking a double IPA as my first beer or anything like that. But um, it's just that difference that beer could actually taste good. Um, so not the most exciting story, but um, yeah, it was the fact that I've been drinking something all day and I didn't really like it, and realised that I probably could have been drinking something I did like. <laughs> I I still think you know there's something in that of terms of finding a local beer, you know, made locally. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's so easy now to do, I guess. But I mean, I guess back then, you know, five, six years ago, seven years ago, it was unusual to find a locally brewed beer. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, at the time, I mean, they, I know they've got their place in is it Port Melbourne, um, yeah. but they were based in Mike River, which is about uh, 300 kilometres south of Perth. But um, I, I happened to visit the area um, fairly frequently and every time I'd make an effort to go on, pop in and have some food and have a few beers there as well so i mean it's yeah yeah it's a great spot there yeah it's so good have you yeah, been to the market one dave yeah i have yeah I went, when i what was it 2019 i guess i went to um to perth for a trip and gee it's just a it's a fun spot yeah. i mean like it seems like every brewery there has got like a pretty like staggeringly good space um yeah. in the area like just whether it's just beautiful or if it's just like a cool spot or great food or whatever like there's just like plenty to offer there anyway yeah absolutely i mean it's a lot of these places becoming more and more family friendly which is um you know that's that's good as well because i mean at the end of the day people who have families sometimes like to drink beer as well so you know if they can have somewhere for their their kids to ent- be entertained for the day while they're sure. happy having some good food good beer that's that's great <laughs> how good is it though to just to have a pint of colonial draft and just launch a golf ball into the pond (laughs) nothing better than that yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um i'm curious to know you mentioned you know dutch trading um the indian ocean kind of names that we're pretty familiar with over on on this coast but i sort of don't i feel we're so far away we don't really have a handle on the scene over there in WA and, and what's exciting. And um, it seems like there's a, a ton of breweries sort of popping up and there's kind of some, some of the smaller ones are kind of making a name for themselves um, now that they're established. How does it feel being in and around the, the scene over there? Is it, does it feel exciting and, and growing still? Or Yeah, it, it definitely does. I mean, it's, I think last year there was probably five or six new breweries that opened up in WA, um, whether it was the Swan Valley, which is um, – just for anyone who is not aware, that's about 30 kilometres uh, away from the CBD. Uh, it's another wine region. Um, so there's quite a high um, concentration of breweries there. Um, and then there's 
obviously the Mo River region as well, which seems to have quite a quite a lot of breweries. But um, yeah, it's def- it's definitely exciting. Um, it is it's quite tight knit over here as well, which is um which is really good. Um, you know, there's always someone you can ask for for advice or, or someone who's had a similar issue. Um, but at the same time, everyone's everyone's here to sort of push each other, and everyone wants to be making uh, the best beer that they possibly can. And um, yeah, it's it's a really really good scene. Um. Uh, yeah, if I, if I wasn't enjoying it, I wouldn't be working in the industry. Um, it's it's just really, yeah, it's really nice. Got some great friends within the industry that I've, I've met through the industry as well. So, um, yeah, it's definitely an exciting uh, environment. <laughs> How'd you go from your epiphany beer moment to getting into the industry? Um, like I say, it was just sort of, um, it just sort of, I guess you, you taste the beer, you realize that beer doesn't have to taste like it's um, sat in the sun for 12 months. Um, it, it can actually taste fresh and, uh, you know, you explore, you, you taste new beers. You Eventually, if you've got a decent bottle shop or, or bar close to your house, um, you can make a good relationship with people there and they, they have recommendations. They, you know, they know what's fresh. They know what's what people are liking um, as long as, you know, they're a good person they're not going to recommend you the, the sort of trash um so yeah I mean, uh, uh, sort of i guess uh, does that answer your question yeah, yeah definitely. That's <laughs> um now so coming back to seasonal um I, i'm guessing you kind of touched on the approach a little bit uh but i guess seasonality does play a big role in in the beers yeah, I mean, you know, you, you want to have some balance with on, uh, within the tap list. So, I mean, you don't want to just have eight stouts in winter um, because, you know, not everyone's going to want to drink a stout. Um, and to the same uh, token, I guess, you know, in summer, there's still some people that will want to drink um, drink a stout or something. So, well, yeah, we do want to keep things relatively seasonally appropriate i guess um but at the same time it's it's all about having balance i mean we've we've brewed a few things this year uh, sorry last year that we've sort of put away and and we'll you know it's sort of i guess a library stock or something like that so potentially you know we've we've got that chance for a rainy day just put on a keg of barley wine or, or whatever it might be um yeah i mean it, it's the, the sort of seasonality thing is I guess more of a guideline. Um, it's it's very difficult to manage. Yeah, sort of. Okay, so um, three weeks ago we just came into autumn. It was it'd be difficult for us to just cut all stock on the twenty eighth February and then all have eight new beers on uh, the first of March. That sort of thing. So we yeah we use the seasons to guide us. And at the end of the day, the customers are the ones that uh, we're making beer for so if they're going to drink it we're going to make it i guess <laughs> um you mentioned stout how does stout sell in wa at the moment um there's not a lot around actually like um i went to the bottle shop uh, last week and uh, there was maybe three local stouts um so i reckon there's a sort of opportunity for someone to get in there and uh <laughs> sell a little bit of stout um yeah we've we've got one in tank at the moment so we released it last year as well it was a, a nitro stout it was my first time sort of playing around with um a nitro beer and you don't really see a lot of them in uh in in perth um so yeah we've yeah i'm doing that again that's in tank so that should be released again next week whether or not um it's the weather's going to be appropriate is 
to the drinker, I guess. <laughs> what are some, uh, having never used or played around with nitro beers before, any any lessons that you learned, any any kind of key takeaways? It's, it's pretty fickle, yeah. Like, um, we didn't really have anything to, um, to measure nitrogen um, within within the products. So basically we were getting some small kegs and sort of kegging the kegging a keg, pouring it through the lines and basically checking if it had enough uh, <laughs> nitrogen carried through, which is a pretty wasteful way. But fortunately it was, um, you know, it, it worked out in the end. And then there was the, also the case of uh, someone hooking bar gas up to the, uh, to the nitrogen tank, which didn't, didn't work great. But, um, <laughs> it um we we got there in the end. It's a it's all a learning experience. Um, customers weren't too upset, so that's all that matters. <laughs> so, what does sell mostly uh, over the bar? What are you making the most of? Um, we've got a passion fruit and guava goza on at the moment, which sells quite well. So we've yeah, that would probably be the biggest seller of the last sort of three months, I guess. And then uh, juicy pale ale, which I guess uh, sort of a hazy sort of yeah hazy or juicy pale ale is and that that also just walks out the door as well so um but as the lager and the pale ale are a strong performance as well it's i think there's you know the two different groups of drinkers people that are looking for something interesting and something different and someone who's looking for a beer and you can kind of tell which is and at the end of the day you know we might be a craft brewery but at the end yeah people not everyone is a craft beer drinker and you have to cater to that as well. So, um, you know, it's all about educating and uh, bringing new people into the, into the industry, I guess. Um, yeah. You got your first taste from a colonial draft. So, I mean, I'm sorry yeah, if you really exactly, like a raft yeah. of people that, uh, find the, that see the light from some of your, uh, more down the line beers. So yeah, it's yeah, definitely, definitely important thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I just I just want to mention uh, I'm almost finished my my warrior woman juicy pale man it's really good if, if you are <laughs> if you're around a can in the next week or so I don't know how much is around but yeah really tasty nice Keep I'm always um, interested Brody in um, in big beers and I'm interested in them here but uh, I think it's a different uh, equation in Perth. I notice on your website you've got a few like big beers that you put on tap. How do they go? Uh, I think it's that people will drink them, but there's still a little bit of a, a gap between uh, what the customer knows and what the customer wants, if that makes sense. So we have a barley wine on on tap at the moment, actually, um, which is 12.4%. Um, people are, are scared of it. Um, but you put it on a tasting paddle and they'll drink it. Um, it's, I think it's, yeah, there's, like I say, we, we're, we're, it comes down to education more than anything, I believe. Uh, we're, we're quite a family orientated venue and we've, we've always promoted ourselves as being family orientated. We've got a little kid's playground and that sort of thing. Um, and potentially there's quite a few customers that are coming just, you know, as a, we're a brewery, but they've got somewhere to entertain their kids. Um, and maybe they like beer, but they're not that into it. So we sort of have to, uh, I guess, direct them a little bit and give them a little bit of guidance as to, to what they like. Because, I mean, barley wines, they're A, expensive to drink, and B, there aren't a lot of them. So chances are someone who has who spends 
everyday drinking uh, cut and dry, they probably never come across a barley wine, but that doesn't mean that they don't like them. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they sell reasonably. Sorry, I've kind of just done a full circle, but they, they sell pretty That's reasonably. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, like, it's, a it's, weird, it's a weird, like, uh, it's a weird issue to tackle when you want to brew those kinds of things and you have a tap room. I mean, even yeah. here, but like particularly in a place that has like a warmer climate, yeah. it's, a, it's a challenge. Yeah, and uh, it's you need to have that diverse range to get a diverse group of people. Um, if you want those craft beer drinkers, you've got to have, it doesn't have to be a 12.4% barley wine, but it has to be something that they're going to be interested in. Um, and But you also need that lager for the lager drinkers to be interested in. You'd probably want a spectrum in the middle as well. <laughs> I really like yeah. this. Maybe a brave bar just has just, just barley wine and lager. Yeah. It actually sounds like it's right up my alley, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> I, I always wanted to open a, a bar that had two sides. One was painted white, one was painted red. The white <laughs> side just had Pilsner and Martini. The red <laughs> side was just IPA and Negroni. You get you get two options. Take us offline. Let's get this patented <laughs> right now. Yeah. Just depending on which which door you walk through, you get two options. If you don't like it, maybe you can go the other door. But if you don't like yeah. that, get out. That sounds incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it doesn't make any business sense. I don't think though. Oh, I'd be a local, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I do like, you know, you're talking about how a lot of people might not come in for the beer. They come in because it's a nice place and, you know, it's a playground. Um, and I really like, you know, that that's a thought or, or part of the industry is, you know, for so long that, that beer and, and brewing is either seen as kind of a, you know, the stereotype on on, avatar, on TV advertising of the kind of blokey, you know, footy guy. And now it's kind of, guys like us, uh, you know, white guys with beards. Um, but, you know, there is such a big audience for these spaces that aren't, you know, either of those things, they're just people that want to go to a nice place. And I think, you know, breweries like yourself and plenty of others that we know offer, you know, they offer a space and they offer a thoughtful, you know, in- including it in their daily life, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess it's that thing where, like like you touched on it, it it being somewhat exclusive to you know what do you say footy players or or and then it's white guys with beards um and i beer is such a diverse product that i don't think you can say objectively you either like or you don't like beer and yeah i mean you've got to be building a, a i guess a, a venue that is inviting to everyone and not just white men with uh, beards <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i think it's- are, you, are you making a seltzer yet is that a seltzer even taking off in, in wa at the moment uh I've, all the bottle shops i speak to say that it is but um i i'm not 100 percent sure there are a few places making seltzers over here but um we we are not um i what what is the market like in uh, you know over on the side of the country. I I, this, I I haven't seen any stats. It's quite hard to get stats on it at the moment. But anecdotally, I um I'm part of a, a sports club and we we hire it out for uh, you know private groups sometimes. And I was along helping out. And the group was I think hospitality people, so chefs and um, waiters and, and bar people. And 
lot of seltzer was going down. Okay. There was uh, the Stoner Wood one suddenly. Um, we've had Pat on the show before. Um, there was White Claw was, was certainly going down. And then there was the Ray, the Hop Nation Footscray one. Yep. Uh, but it was the coffee version. They did a coffee version with Black Hearts. Yeah, right. And uh, I think a coffee supplier, which apparently is, is really, really good. And I'm curious about it because I think that's a fun. Have you ever tried that one, Luke? The coffee one? No. Yeah, it is, it is the best one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the best one <laughs> yeah well that i've had anyway yeah. yeah and chatting to people that that make it you know the, the the names that you think of when you think of seltzer i guess around melbourne people are selling a lot of it pretty quickly um, I, and I i feel like and i go, there's nothing to back this up but just my own uh, anecdotal um experience i feel like it exploded over summer and it might have backed off a little bit since then, but it's still a very real thing, though. No stats behind it, but it feels like the Moondog fizzes have plateaued a little bit. But, like, man, more people were drinking. Like, just eyeballing it if you were at the venue, it was clear pint after clear pint after clear pint you were seeing around the place. So, like, mm. that's what the people that were there for the experience and because it's, like, a fun place to go in a – odd area it's not it's not really a beer fan venue really um they're all they're all hitting pints of seltzer mm. Mm. oh i actually haven't seen many seltzers on tap in perth um i, I haven't been out that much lately but um i i i figure i would have noticed if i saw um seltzers on tap um so maybe it is just a little bit quieter over here in the, the seltzer business um <laughs> i don't like know the, the weather it's just primed for it though yeah yeah i know the white claw stuff just um disappears off shelves very quickly um so that's popular but i'm not sure with what market it must be people who know what white claw is because there's a whole fridge full of seltzers and if they're the only ones that are selling it sounds like someone knows what they're looking for <laughs> yeah. i've got i've had that experience uh regionally in victoria like we went to where the hell were we in like apollo bay like the local pub is that's like a uh beach town here yep. um the local pub was pumping and the local bottle shop had no white claw and it had like a couple of other like seltzers that were fully stocked and the yep. white claw were gone, but it was just business as usual for everything else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I'm interested to see how the, the whole thing goes. If it is a, a term sort of sustainable thing for, for people to continue producing and if people are going to keep drinking or wanting to keep drinking it. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. It's fascinating to watch play out. Because uh, people, because people have some really strong opinions about, uh, you know, what its place is in the beer world and why we even talk about it. But, yep. you know, I think all three of us, this is completely unrelated to what we we're coming to talk about it. But we de- we want to all talk about it because it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think like um, for the for the person in the group that's pushing to go to a craft brewery for a day out or whatever. Seltzer makes it a better proposition for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, we've got a, a ginger beer on tap. It's, we don't make it, but we've got a ginger beer. We offer a cider as well just because you need to have that full um, array of drinks for people to drink because not everyone is going to want to drink a, a 12.4% barley wine. Yeah. And there, is, there is that level of like education that like you say you don't like beers, haven't had the right one yet, but that's not going to sway every person. Yeah, yeah like I, I have to suffer through every tap to find my own one. Yeah. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to have a good day out. Like I don't need yeah, to be educated. I want to not think about what they're consuming. And that's almost exactly what seltzers are for. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like, I really like ginger beer and like good, good ginger beer. Right? And I always kind of, I think it's a shame. There's not as so many of them around. Uh, after I think we did a Ben spoke episode a while back, we had theirs and I was like, man, I really want to drink a lot more. You know, especially on a hot day or if you had a few beers, it's a, a nice, easy way to... to you don't give them the credit they deserve until you've got one in your hand and you're drinking it. Then yeah. you go, this actually rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of people not not um, making ginger beer in a, in a conventional sense as well. It's sort of more, more treated as, I guess, an RTD or, or something like that where it's just uh, flavoured syrup um, and alcohol, which, you know... From a business perspective, it must make sense because that's how people are making them. Um, but I think that that potentially discredits ginger beer to a degree. Mm. Um, that's my personal opinion. Um, but on a hot day, there's not a lot better than a cold ginger beer. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about one of the things at, at Seasonal, uh, which I really quite liked, was the focus on art. Uh, local artists are kind of highlighted on the website. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so basically one of the owner, um, her name's Emily. She's, um, a professional artist and basically she wanted to do all the art installations and that sort of thing. So she sort of is in charge of installing them. I'm not sure if there's any photos of the, um, of, of the walls and that sort of thing on the website. I don't spend much time on it, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, she comes in, she, uh, I guess, liaises with artists and, yeah, uh, curates the, the whole hall. So, yeah, I think there's probably, um, I couldn't even count how many pieces of art in there. All the walls are, are covered in, in art. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it is, I think there's a, a decent chunk on the website for, with photos of the works. And yeah, projects, okay. Yeah. Um, which is kind yes. of cool. So she sort of changes them up every uh, three, six months, depending on what the art is. Um, some of it is a little bit bigger, so a little bit more difficult to, to move in and out. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really nice space. It adds the, the venue, it's hard to, I guess, articulate through photos and that sort of thing, but it has a, a really like, sort of homely feel and it, it, it is really quite comforting and, and it's, yeah, it's a nice space to be in and the art just adds that extra sort of dimension. Um, there's, there's several murals outside the venue um, and one inside the venue. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I guess, trying to promote that sort of local art scene, I guess. Um, there's In the last sort of couple of years, as I've noticed personally a lot more art being uh, promoted within the local industry and local community and that sort of thing. So I think it's Perth is just... Uh, this is like I said, I could be completely right. I could be way off. No, the, I think yeah, you're. Off the mark. <laughs> I, mean, I know that other side have done a lot 
um, around art. Yeah, with music particularly. Yeah. Uh, and oh, they do. I think they have done some visual art stuff yeah. as well. And yeah. like even little creatures. And I think they they copped some criticism. It was a few years ago now, where they did um, design a label into your label, yeah. and you'll get it, um, you know, used on the cans. And people were like, "Well, you're not going to pay. You're just getting free art." For, yep. for that yeah i i guess it's hard i know that um no i, yeah, I don't i don't you don't need to comment on that either way <laughs> no 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 um but I mean, yeah i i know that um <laughs> i know the other side have you know they've got their uh, some sort of competition and then they give quite a lot back to the artist as well and mm. you know i'm not trying to say little creatures are wrong or anything like that <laughs> um but i mean someone's got to start somewhere right like you can't just start doing the you know the most i guess yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to. The other thing about Little Creatures is that on the flip side of that, though, is like their Fremantle venue, I'm pretty sure always has like local artists uh, exhibited at least yep. on the on the top levels uh, around like with the purpose to sell that artwork or whatever. Yeah. So, like, uh, there is like a genuine interest in, yeah, um, yeah propelling. Local I don't artists, think they were yeah. trying to be exploitative. Is yeah, what I'm yeah, trying yeah. to articulate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's an interesting one that that um because it is an incredible opportunity for someone. But yeah, I also don't think they are trying to be exploitative. <laughs> um, so how I feel like COVID, you know, looking through at WA, COVID kind of didn't really impact um, um, as much. I saw beer festivals happening in. WA, uh, how does it feel from someone that's been working around there? <laughs> so we had, um, it would have been, I guess, 12 months ago now, we had a, we had a lockdown um, and fortunately, the, I guess as a result of us being so isolated, we, we didn't have a whole lot of people coming in um, and, and spreading COVID. So um, we managed to, I think we were open up to not fully not full capacity but um like half capacity or a quarter capacity about six weeks after that initial lockdown um that initial lockdown was a bit of a shock we sort of um all the tanks were full we were all the cool rooms were full of beer like we would had sort of just come out of summer and um yeah so we were trying to get ahead and that's sort of so basically we had all these all this beer we had nowhere to sell um so we ended up canning a little bit which was our first sort of um dip into the pool that is um small pack um so yeah we managed to get out of that all right and then we sort of opened back up to full capacity so yeah i mean the other thing is that no one had anywhere to go so all of the money that would have gone to like international holidays i think sort of just got pumped back into into hospitality so a lot of places were doing their sort of summer figures um in winter which winter is you know in in perth at least we tend to have a, a very quiet period we do a lot more sales over summer than we do during winter but last winter it was sort of just like summer again so yeah it was it was interesting and then about a month ago we had another shutdown so uh for a week which um yeah that that was the that was a little bit bit odd um so we i just didn't go to work for that week because <laughs> I, I the announcement was sort of on on the sunday and the premier sort of said 
the next announcement will be on Friday and, you know, didn't know what was going to go on. And every day there was there was no new case. We There was literally one case that sort of shot this uh, whole system into shutdown. And um, and every day it was like zero new cases, zero new. So by the sort of Thursday, I, I worked out that I was probably going to have to go back to work the week after. So. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to go back to work eventually <laughs> um how like it sounds like that it was a pivot that got you to start packaging the beers how far away were you from organically doing that um, yeah we i mean we're kind of in a in a little bit of a tough spot with that we've the capacity that we've got at the current um space isn't that much further above um, just being able to supply ke- uh, kegs. So we couldn't sort of core range cans particularly easily from our own site. So we were we were looking into it, but we were sort of at the time considering more sort of um, big beers in, in sort of 750 mil bottles, like sort of yeah. share packaging and that sort of thing, just because, I mean, personally, I, I really like to promote that sort of social, you know, go around to your mate's house and, and share a bottle of beer with, with you and three mates or something like that's that's what i that means a lot to me so that's what i was sort of pushing for um so and we'd we'd sort of spoken about doing it over the winter so we ended up pulling it back um and doing it in about april um we had to get all the all the artwork all the you know source all the cans and at the time it was we weren't really sure what was going to happen because we had like a lot of shortages with um some of the um, suppliers and that sort of thing just because it was just a sort of snap lockdown um but yeah so we uh, sort of pulled it forward and, and we've done an additional i think four canning runs since then and it's just um yeah just trying to you know get our name out there and it's it's we're we're doing we're really busy but it's just we're still trying to get new people to recognize the business and it's yeah it's trying to work out how to do it we're all um yeah just yeah trying to trying to build, build the business basically it's uh so are yeah. you using mobile canning yeah so we've i think there's only the the single um mobile canning company over here we got wiley um who do they do a lot of breweries they during covid they were booked back to back like you know they were doing seven day weeks a lot of the time and um it's yeah it's the only real option that we had we haven't got space for a um canning line ourselves um and the only other option would be to sort of uh get brewed at another brewery which is you know that comes with its own issues and that sort of thing and we're not quite ready to have to deal with that um so yeah we get them in every between six weeks and two months i guess somewhere in that period and we sort of do what's what's gonna yeah be either a unique position in the in the fridges of bottle shops and that sort of thing or something that's just selling really well at um at the venue uh yeah <laughs> but ho- hopefully we'll still get down to the the big share bottles and it's yeah it's one of those things where you've we've sort of now that we've started canning it's a completely different sort of we've got to consider do we stop canning to do some uh, bigger package runs and and like i say the capacity is is what sort of dictates all of this sort of stuff we've got um the brewery is also quite open so you know there's no it's not behind a glass wall so basically once we're open in in the afternoon we're out of the brewery basically it's um yeah so we we, we will eventually get to a, a more 
definitive um, round the year year round sort of canning um, schedule. Um, also, sorry, like I imagine that um, your plan for the big bottle um, releases is to put some of the bigger beers and more interesting beers into those format bottles for sharing. But I also imagine that your canning runs is the opposite of that. So um, is it hard to figure out what you want to package and send it to the market with those two different uh, distribution options? Yeah, I, I think with the the canning option, you kind of want it to be gone as quick as possible. Um, I know that sounds, you know, you, you want people to be able to, you, you need that recognition, you want that recognition from, from different people, but at the same time, you don't want this beer sticking around. Whereas I think when you go for that bigger package, you can put something that maybe will sit in the bottle and still be good in 18 months time or something when you've got a reason to open this bottle. Uh, you've got that sort of special feeling, um, <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. I mean, uh, the only other real packaging experience I got was back at Indian Ocean. We did a barley wine there. Um, and that's had that same thing where, you know, you put a bottle away and that was two years ago now, I think. Um, and it's still kicking around in some places and it's still drinking really, really well. So, yeah, I think you've got to look at it from two different angles, I guess. Um, yeah. Do you guys want to be the uh, Western heroes of Bali wine? <laughs> Dave, do, like do you want spent, them to be? <laughs> uh, absolutely, yes. We focus on I love Bali seeing brewer, like breweries like uh, deal with Bali wine on more than a once on the odd occasion frequency i think that rules that's so yeah yeah. um yeah i mean why not let's uh that's our new goal let's just um be the the kings of the west for barley (laughs) it's a a tough brand proposition to uh make make i literally like i buy every local barley wine that i see and that's so infrequent that like it doesn't come up that often but like (laughs) i look for it two beers a year exactly Exactly, go, but I, I, I look for it every time, though. Yeah, you could go more niche and, and go like the kings of wheat wine or something like that. Um, <laughs> I feel that Again, <laughs> yes. that's a space that is you're, you're undisputed automatically. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think uh, over this side, um, hawkers yeah. have done six different barrel variations of wheat wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all right. They're on the East Coast. We'll be there. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. a different crowd altogether. You've got to use barrels that no one's ever heard of. What was in them first? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a confusing series in terms of they were just coming out with wheat wine after wheat wine. An aquavit barrel wheat wine. Yeah, yeah. Like what this is? Yeah, like <laughs> in a four hundred and forty ml can. Like wow. <laughs> um. So I guess we've we've come up to to now or the last sort of few months but what is happening over winter time what are you excited about um we because of like all the covid stuff we haven't had an opportunity to enter any um beer awards so i'm looking forward to getting some good constructive feedback on the beers um from a range of different beer awards um and uh, i i believe gabs i sent in my uh <laughs> My application, so we'll see if we're uh, accepted or not. <laughs> um, so yeah, looking forward to that, and just just a little bit of downtime. We're uh, 
I think we're getting some new tanks. Uh, I don't know if I meant to say that, but um, we potentially, yeah, potentially maybe getting new tanks. I've heard. Um, so uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be good to you know just boost that capacity a little bit and um, know that we can we can sort of stretch our legs a bit and and grow the brand some more. Um, some maybe another barley wine as well. So um, put it put it yeah. in cans. I mean, we sp- we talked about barley wine in cans last week as well. So. You can yep. do it, you know. You can do it. You, can. Da- you will sell one can today. You'll sell one in Victoria every release, undoubtedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always talk of of getting to Melbourne and Sydney or wherever it might be, but um, at the end of the day, it's it's such a long journey, like to go from Perth to to Melbourne, um, and there's so much sort of. That we could do here in Perth, so it's yeah, you got to we got to weigh up our options, and you know I can't tell you, I can't promise that we're going to be in Melbourne or anything. So, um, well, we had a question earlier on in the chat about where or about you guys are in in Perth, or yep, um, you said it was just kind of five k from the CBD. Yep. What's in the Maylands? Where is it? Sorry? Maylands. Maylands. Sorry, Maylands. Sorry. And what's the what's the area? Is there any other breweries around you? Or, or um, there's no other brew pubs. We've got um, Feral and Nail uh, sort of just down the road, but there that's their production facility. So Feral have a separate brew pub in the Swan Valley. Um, in terms of other breweries, we've got Blaster and Nowhere Man are probably the closest ones, but you wouldn't. They're not walking distance or anything. They're a, a sort of ten or fifteen minute drive, um, and then you've got Northbridge Brewing in Northbridge as well so um, yeah we're, we're sort of in our own little area there's not not a lot of um, I wouldn't say there's not direct competition or anything because it's not a game it's not a it's not a competition it's not a, it's not a who can get the most customers um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean we're the we're the first brewery that people go past on their way into the city and um, we, we have quite a good area in terms of um, yeah, close to a train station, which a lot of other breweries aren't. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's I guess, it's suburbia. It's uh, up until uh, a few years ago, they everywhere was, all the breweries were in either the Swan Valley or Margaret River. And so when you'd go over to Melbourne for the cabs or the beer awards, it was, it was kind of a little bit of a gimmick to see a brewery on a main street in Brunswick or something like that. Um, so that's sort of people are getting around it a little bit more. <laughs> Even like um, Brunswick is a funny example because it feels like in the last three to five years, if you opened a brew pub in the suburbs, you were laughing. You were finding an audience that no one else was getting into. And it was a, if you had the right approach and the right preparation, you were well positioned with a suburban brew pub. Yeah, yeah, and I think people are realizing that here um, because you do have that. You, you know, I would say probably eighty percent of our clientele at the brew pub are locals. They're people who they're going out for dinner, they're going out for a beer on a Sunday. Um, it's you know, while you want to be a destination, you've got to face the reality that you know the people who live within two kilometers of your venue are the people you want to be getting because they're the ones that are going to be coming here every week um yeah Yeah. um one comment from the chat from damien uh who's said if you ever see we mentioned aquavit barrels he said if you ever see never never aquavit on a bar shelf try it 
uh, absolutely delicious. So, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually had Aquavit. Duly, no. I've never had Aquavit ever besides uh, aging particular beers, yeah. (laughs) I think I have had it. I don't know. I think it's never, never an Australian. Are they South Australian Spirits Company? I don't know. Damien will correct me anyway. <laughs> um, interesting. Thanks for the rec, Damien. Yep. Um, and Sam Smalley was uh, talking up mountain culture in the comments as well. Uh, okay. <laughs> <Hard to argue. laughs> yeah. Get around mountain you're, culture. You're, you're pouring your heart out about, about seasonal, but <laughs> Smalley definitely had mountain culture on his mind. <laughs> um, any more uh, questions from you, Dave? Um, what does the next couple of years look like? Um, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, we want, yeah, we want, um, we want growth basically. We want to sure. grow the, um, grow the brand and, and get to a lot more venues and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, personally, I'd, I'd like to make better and better beers. That's, that's my goal, um, without sort of, yeah, so, uh, I guess that's why I'd, we enter the beer awards and that sort of thing. We we want to get that constructive feedback from from our peers and that sort of thing. And um, I'd like to hope that we can get a sort of core range in some cans or something like that, and potentially meet demand there. And you know, then we look at expanding. Do we stick within WA? Do we go to Melbourne? Do we go to Southeast Asia? Which um, you know, it's a pretty big market up there. So yeah, I mean, we we. COVID has basically meant that anything, any plans that we have had in the past have sort of been either put on hold or, or yeah, rethought. As, as I said, we, we've gone into Cairns. We didn't plan on going to Cairns so quickly. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'd like to be able to get some of those bigger bottles and, and maybe have a, you know, yearly release of a, of a barley wine, a yearly, yearly sorry, yearly release of, of a, barrel aged stout or something like that just something to get some real uh brand loyalty towards a, a particular beer um that would be that would be great <laughs> yeah absolutely um do you know the info on where people can find seasonal on the internet uh seasonalbrewing.beer is the website um and on instagram i think the seasonal brewing co and I'm pretty sure it's facebook.com slash the seasonal brewing co. Tight. I'm fairly, I'm fairly sure. That is good. <laughs> the There's only a brewing. lot of uh, question marks in the responses <laughs> that we get to that question. So you've done it very well, yeah. Um, Damien has confirmed uh, Never Never uh, McLaren Vale and it was a one-off run of Aquavit. So there you go. Only Aquavit he knows of being made in Australia. So if you see it, get it. Mm. All right. Um, awesome Dave where do people find you uh, at Mel Dave on uh, Twitter uh, send me an email Dave at com, please just say g'day that's all I need Luke how about you uh, I just realised I didn't say ask Brody if he had anything he wanted to add before we wrap this up as well yeah finish. No, thanks fine. Thanks for having me it's been yeah. uh, it's been a blast great <laughs> great way to spend this Monday afternoon or Monday night <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get me at Ale of a Time, aleofatime.com everywhere. As I mentioned, the Hypothetical Institute for your conspiracy needs in your podcast apps. Uh, also, if you're watching on the YouTube and you haven't subscribed, 
This is we're on four ninety nine. Come on, get us there. People. We need five hundred. Yeah, surely we're right on the cusp. We've been there for so long. I'm looking at you. Uh, who's in the chat? It's just Danny <laughs> and Sam. I'm sure they're both subscribed. But come on, please. Um, and for people that are in the chat, uh, here's a little sneak preview of the label that is going on the Pilsner. That three parrots into a oh, three ravens. Three ravens probably, into, into some a, sort of whale. Some sort of dragon or whale. Oh, it's yeah, a whale. Okay, whale. Yeah. yeah, I get it. It's very stylized. Uh, they just arrived. We need to put them on bottles. So Dave, we probably need to come Please to your side uh, of town, or whichever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Thanks everyone for joining us, and uh, Brody, thank you so much for. Thanks, Brody. That was thanks. great. Yeah. Thanks for having me.